Hello, and welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online service. Our theme for this year is Plus One, which encourages us to invite someone to join us in worship and fellowship. Our mission statement is simple. It's loving God, loving people, and loving life. We hope that this message will serve as a source of inspiration and encouragement for you. Each episode, we will explore different aspects of our faith, share stories of hope and healing, and discuss ways we can make a positive impact in our community and the world. So whether you're a longtime member of our church or just tuning in for the first time, we welcome you to join us on this journey. Let's make 2023 a year of growth, both for ourselves and for those around us. Thanks for listening. Here we go. in my heart when I hear that song and that is is that it means that something's just about ready to break loose amen have you ever felt like that in your life that something's just about ready to break loose in the face of adversity in the face of challenges in the face of circumstances you're still saying but my God is faithful and so I don't know about you but that just seems to it seems right uh, so worship team, you might just want to get ready, you know, towards the end, because it just seems right to go come back and sing that song and get a little bit loud. Is that all right? I mean, there's not, you know, there's uh, because of the weather, there's a lot of people that are out this morning. So therefore, there's not a whole lot of people that will watch you get loud this morning. Is that all right? So you don't have to worry about being insecure about how how ugly, you know, you need to get ugly for Jesus from time to time. I said you need to get ugly from, for Jesus from time to time, uh, regardless of what people might think about you. In fact, I don't know, uh, sometimes it just seems like the greater the challenge, the more ugly you just need to get. <laughs> you know what I mean by that? I mean, it, there's just times, you know, you just need to let it rip. Amen. And not care what people think. I mean, uh, when I was at, uh, when I was at uh, Ramah, they had what they called Winter Bible Seminar. Now, for some of you, you might uh, understand what I'm talking about. For some of you, you might say, well, that's just a little bit weird. I don't, I don't get all that. Well, you, you know, uh, the Bible talks about just the, the glory in the temple. Uh, and it says that when the, the priest got into the glory, it says that they couldn't stand in the presence of God. Well, during those uh, times when we were in school, uh, uh, Reverend Kenneth Hagin was having what you call Holy Ghost meetings. In other words, he was just ministering to people and just allowed the Holy Spirit to move. Now, again, those were special meetings. That wasn't church services or, you know, everybody wanted church service to look like that. But again, church is church, and those were special meetings. And so uh, we're in those meetings, and man, people would just get blessed. He'd come over and lay hands on people, and uh, just as he did, man, the power of God would come on them. And so this particular service, uh, you know, I knew ushers and things like that, so I always got good seats. And, and you say, well, good seats. Well, people would line up for two hours before the, the, the church doors would open just so that they could, could get in and get a good seat. And when they opened up the doors, people would literally run to try to get to the front row. I know we got a lot of back row people, that, but listen, I'm a front row guy. So I, I knew people, and I said, listen, I said, can you save me a front row seat? So they saved me a front row seat. I'm right up in front. Brother Hagen, he comes walking through. And as he's ministering to people, he slaps me on the head, and the power of God comes on me, and I fall out under the power of God. And when I'm laying down, or not laying down, actually what happened, I don't know how it happened, but I'm under the front seat of, or under, the, it was a pew. I was under the, the pew. No, it was chairs because they had put extra overflow. So I'm underneath of the chair and my 
booties sticking straight up in the air. I mean, I, I don't, how I got under the seat like that and with my rear end sticking up in the, the air, I will never know how I got that way. But, you know, because the ministry is large, you know, they had video cameras. And so they're, they're following Brother Hagen with the camera, and then he ministers to me, and then they zoom right in on my booty. I mean, and, and, here, and so the next day, everybody is saying, did you see that guy? That, I mean, did you see his rear end was sticking up in the air? And even back then, we weren't married, but she, my wife says to me, she goes, did you see that guy? And everybody's laughing, and I'm like, yeah, that was me. <laughs> that was me. Amen. So I said all that to say that, you know, sometimes you just get ugly for Jesus, sometimes intentional, sometimes unintentional. But praise the Lord, sometimes it's just necessary. Do you know what I'm saying? So, all right, so you've already heard that song, so when we come back to it, just, you know, if you want to get ugly for Jesus, that's okay, you know. When it comes to the worship, it, 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 we're just going to give them a little bit of liberty to just get, you get ugly if you want to. That's all right, amen. You know, it, it, you know, praise the Lord. Well, we'll just see what God does, amen. All right, well, are you ready to get into this this morning? Amen. There's some things that I want to just uh, uh, challenge you with this morning, and if you recall last week, we talked about I guess if you was to put a title on it, just simply being a God chaser. Just chasing after God. And so this is the season that God is wanting us to chase after Him. And it's not as though God is trying to play hide and seek with us. He's just wanting us to get desperate for Him. And, and I don't know about you, but my question is, is how serious are we about receiving from God? How serious are we about seeing God move in our lives? Amen? I mean, it, it sounds good, but when it comes right down to it, how serious are we about going after God and seeing God do some things in our church, in our nation, in our state, in our family? How serious are we about chasing after God? And so, I want to just draw your attention to a few things. And again, this is just uh, uh, in regards to some things that we're doing in the church. I had made mention of it already ago. Uh, but we have Easter that's coming up. And so, Easter is... Four weeks away, and therefore we've got a month to get prepared and ready for Resurrection Sunday. And it's a great opportunity, once again, for us to begin to look at it as a time of harvest. Now, as we're leading up to Easter, there's some things that we're doing. Uh, number one, as I said, we have our Easter egg hunt that we're preparing for. Because we're looking to cast the net. We're looking to reach into the community. We're looking to love on our community to say, we're here and we care about you. And we're going to show you the love of God in a practical way. But at the same time, we're purposing to extend a hand to say, Jesus loves you. And so again, we need your help to be a part of that. Because once again, it, it takes many people to, to, to be a part of the vision of God. To be a part of the vision of what God's wanting to do here. So again, I, I extend an invitation to you to be a part of that Easter egg hunt. Find your place. Get involved. Serve in some capacity because there's people that need Jesus. And you're the conduit that God wants to use to lead them to Jesus. Amen? Secondly, we said this is that we're entering into our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I'm going to talk some more about the times of prayer and fasting. But we're purposing to spend 21 days of prayer and fasting. And what we're doing is just purposing to seek God in these next 21 days. And really purpose to search our heart and have God search us. And purpose to really just go after Him. Because God's looking for desperate people. He's looking for people that are serious 
about having a face-to-face encounter. And so in these next 21 days, again, you might say, well, what's significant? Why do you set time aside? Listen, we're busy, aren't we? If we don't have intentional times that we set aside, we'll get busy and we always, always will say, I'm going to do it. We'll get there. Or I, I, one of these days I will. I mean, for the last 10 years, and I, I kind of joke about it, it's, it's really not even a joking matter anymore. And that is, is that, you know, uh, I know that I need to get physically healthy in the sense of starting to work out. I'm only getting older. But it's been a number of years that I've said that, you know, Monday's coming, Monday's another day, and I'll start Monday. Well, there's been a lot of Mondays that have come and gone since I've even talked to you about the last time, and I still have not done anything physical or to get exercise to get healthy naturally, right? Well, my point in using that example is, is that spiritually speaking, we can always say, well, Monday's coming. Well, if we don't set time aside to say, you know what? I'm going to be intentional to go after God and let it jumpstart something and allow God to begin to move. It will always be next Monday, next Monday, next Monday. So we have 21 days of prayer and fasting that's coming. And then we said that we have our plus one. This is your opportunity to say, God, I'm here. Use me. You realize that you and I are the mouthpiece of God in the earth. We are his hands and we are his feet. And God's looking to use you and me in in, in these days. And I'll have to be honest with you, you know, as a pastor, it's real easy to get caught up in the business of church get caught up in the business of, uh, uh, you know, growing church and doing this and doing that. And, you know, you're wanting to see people grow. But, you know, it's one thing to talk about reaching the lost, and it's another thing doing it. And, And I think to some degree we think, well, you know what, if we just had a church full of believers, praise the Lord, it'd be a whole lot easier. But how many of you know that a church full of believers have a lot of preconceived ideas and built-in belief systems that sometimes you have to untangle and get this untwisted, right? I mean, I, I, you know, to be honest with you, it would be so nice to see sincere-hearted people that don't know nothing about Jesus and that just come into the saving knowledge and say, I'm a sponge, fill me up. Tell me what I need to know. Tell me how I find Jesus. Man, those are the people that will rock the world because they come into a face-to-face encounter with God and they get away from all the stiff and starchy, you know, religious folk. And I just want Jesus. Well, so once again, who's your plus one? See, God's looking to build the house, but not just extend an invitation from one churchgoer to another. Say, hey, I know you go to church. Why don't you come over to mine, you know, for this given Sunday? No, let's begin to look for and allow God to lead us to the right people. He said that the harvest is ripe. The harvest is ripe. People need Jesus. This country right now is roughly about 4% Christian in terms of the current culture. We are almost a godless nation. People need Jesus. They don't need just a message of the gospel they need somebody that is willing to express the love of god and demonstrate the power of god what do i mean by that listen when you purpose to share the gospel do you remember when jesus was walking after his resurrection and the bible says that he was walking and his disciples started talking with him and they they didn't see or know that it was jesus but there was something about it. And they, 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 after they parted ways, they said, didn't our hearts burn within us 
when we were talking to him. In other words, there was an anointing or an, a, a power that was upon his words that something was stirring on the inside. So when you begin to be used by God and begin to talk to somebody and share the love of God, the anointing or the power of God is present to begin to change eternity because you allowed God to use you. Now listen, I'm just like you. And there's those opportunities that I miss. You know, I feel that stirring, that leading, and I think, man, I need to talk to them about Jesus. And then you don't. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah? But listen, how many of you know that God will give you opportunities and growing opportunities? So in other words, if you miss it one time, God, give me that opportunity again. Help me reach people. And I'm telling you what, if you'll get to a place where you allow God to use you, you'll get addicted to sharing the love of God with people. And, and you might get a whole lot more no's than you do yeses, but those yeses are eternity changed. Hell being defeated. Amen. And God used you to do it. Amen. So again, we're looking to invite people to church. Praise the Lord. And so, uh, as we enter in or lead up to this season of Easter, as we purpose to chase after God, how can we begin to do that? Or what are some ways in which we can do that? And uh, I mentioned to you, with our 21 days of prayer and fasting, it allows us to set time aside to pursue Him, to be intentional. So let's talk about fasting for just a moment. There's actually kind of three things that I want to talk to you, and they're kind of different in nature, but they'll all tie together. But in regards to fasting, I want to just talk to you for, for a moment concerning that. And uh, for many of us, uh, again, God's been drawing us and we just don't realize it. There's been intersections by which God has been purposing to meet us and we've really just been kind of dull at times and not recognize that it was Him all the while trying to have an encounter with us. But I'm sure you've all had this kind of experience before, uh, maybe more than we like to admit. But have you ever, you know, had a craving for something? Like, man, I'm just hungry. And as you hunger for something, you think, well, you know, I don't know what I'm hungry for. And so you go into the pantry or the refrigerator or the freezer, whatever it is, and you get something and you start to eat it. And as you start to eat it, you're like, that just didn't do it. I'm still hungry. I'm still craving something. Do you know what I mean? I mean, they're not just like I, I feel like I'm, there's a craving on the inside. And so you, you went to get the Doritos, but the Doritos didn't do it. And so you think, well, maybe I want something sweet. And so you go into the refrigerator, you know, and you, you, you get, you know, a, a, some ice cream. You think, well, maybe that will do it. And you start eating the ice cream. You're like, nope, that, that's not it either. Yeah, can you believe it, man? Like, that, that didn't do it. I'm still craving something. And so you go from this to this to this, trying to feed that craving on the inside. But yet you never find the something that satisfies the craving. And once again, I'm sure that we've all experienced that at some point in time. But oftentimes, the reason why we can't satisfy the craving is because the craving that God, or, or there's a spiritual craving on the inside of us that can be sometimes or so oftentimes uh, misidentified as natural hunger, but there's a spiritual hunger that only God can satisfy. And we're so accustomed to looking to natural things that we miss out that there's something on the inside that God's saying, I want you to come 
and spend time with me. There's a craving and a longing and a desire that you have, and it's for me, but you're looking to natural things. And why do we look for natural things? It's because we've been so accustomed to living out of the natural realm. Amen? Let me just help you with something. And again, I hope that this year we'll start to lean that way. God never intended for you to live naturally. You are a natural human being, or I should say it this way, you are a spiritual being living a natural life. But God wants you just to have a natural experience but live spiritually or from the spirit place of who you are. In other words, walking with God, walking in the spirit, being aware of his presence, aware of his leading, aware of the things of God. But once again, because we're so accustomed to being led by natural things, when there's something going on, we look to a natural thing to fix it. When God says there's spiritual things that will satisfy the craving. Amen? Look at what it says here in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27. As I said, spiritual hunger and natural hunger are very similar, and oftentimes they're misidentified. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27 says this, The spirit of a man, or the spirit of man, is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. So in other words, he's saying the spirit of the man is in the core of your being, and it says where God dwells to seek with you or spend time with you is in your spirit, man. But once again, isn't it interesting that he says that the spirit of the man is in the belly? And so therefore, isn't it interesting that there would be a craving sometimes and you think it's your stomach, but really it's your spirit. And God's saying there's things, there's certain things that only I can quench the craving. Amen. And so... When it comes to spending time in prayer and fasting, it's being intentional. If you recall, there were times in the Old Testament where we would see that kings would call for a national fast. We as a people, we need God to move. And so therefore, we're declaring a fast. And the nation, the people of God, are going to fast because we need God to move. Amen. And so what are we doing? We're saying, God... We're standing together and we're believing for a move of God. We're not satisfied with what we've experienced. We want more. Amen. And I'm telling you what, if you'll purpose to allow God to begin to move in your life, there will be such a hunger and a craving for more of God. Come on, you know how that natural craving is. Again, just from the standpoint of eating food. Uh, uh, again, uh, I don't know if you like mashed potatoes, but I like mashed potatoes. You know, you come, you know, Thanksgiving time, you got the stuffing and the turkey and the mashed potatoes, and then you got the rolls and the bread, and so you eat all that stuff, and you have the one serving, and you know that you're full, but then you start thinking about, ooh, that bread, ooh, that bread with melted butter, and ooh, the mashed potatoes with some gravy, and like I said, you're already full, but there's a craving for more. Right? Do you understand what I'm saying? And so what do you do? You go over there and you get second helpings of the mashed potatoes. And you've got to get at least a couple rolls because you've got to sop it up in that gravy. And you know what I mean? And then by the time, I mean, you're, you're craving it. You're full. But by the time you get done with the second portion, you're like, oh, dear God. I mean, I'm stuffed. 
I'm hurting, right? For if the natural man can crave seconds even with your, when you're full, how about your spirit man? Because God is not going to overload your senses. He's going to say, oh, if you want more, hey, I'll give you more. You haven't, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has entered into the hearts of men the things that I've prepared for you. If you want more, I'll give you more. And the more you get, the more you'll crave. And the more you crave, the more you'll get. The more you crave, you'll seek after him. And God says, I'll just keep pouring it. The, the more you want it, the more I'll give it to you. Amen? And so fasting allows us to position ourselves to go after God. Amen? So here's my question. What keeps us from chasing after God? Because we would all say, I want more of God, but what keeps us from chasing after God? And it's simple. It's the flesh. It's not time. People say, oh, man, I just don't have time. We all have the same amount of time. What do we do with it? It's the fact that we are feeding our flesh with things, with substance, with activities, when God says, listen, I'll satisfy your craving if you'll just give me some of that time. Amen? He's looking for time. And really, that's what fasting is all about, is giving God time. But in the midst of it, the fasting is to crucify the flesh. Because it is the flesh that gets in the way of our spiritual nourishment or the spiritual hunger or desire so when it comes to fasting food is an essential part of our fasting it, when you look at the scripture fasting always was was a withholding of food right now I hear people oftentimes say it this way well you know I'm purposing to fast I'm just not going to drink pop during my time of fast well that's good or you, you know people say well I'm fasting and I'm just I'm cutting out all the sweets I'm not gonna eat any sweets I'm fasting for 21 days and I'm not gonna eat any sweet stuff well that's good you may have crucified the flesh a little bit but really what you did is you just changed some dietary things that's all you did when it comes to fasting fasting is the withholding of food either for a long portion or a short portion of time. Why? Because it is to crucify the flesh and its desires, to quiet the voice of the flesh. And I know there's people that say, well, listen, I, I, I got health issues. I, I can't do that. I talked to one person one time, well, I got health issues, and so therefore I can't, I can't fast like that. And I said, well, you know, when you go to work, man, I said, you work hard, man. You work sun up, sun down. I said, you know, you, know you, you take a lunch with you, you know, when you go to the job. Oh, no, man, I'm working so much I don't eat all day long until I get home. I'm like, oh, so you can fast. You can fast when you see it necessary or when it's convenient, right? Well, I can't fast because I've got medical issues. Well, listen, I, I, you go sleeping for like nine hours at a time, right, without getting up and having some dietary things, right? And your medical issues sustain themselves, right? So in other words, you can do some natural things 
to compensate, whether it's a matter of, you know, I'm going to drink some juices, keep my blood sugar up, whatever the case is. But once again, you can, if you want to, withstand from food for the sake of crucifying the flesh. Now, you might say, do I got to go 21 days without eating? No, I'm not saying that. I'm simply saying, is there a meal? Is there a time where you can say, this meal I am going to sustain from eating? Or I'm just going to purpose this to eat fruits and vegetables for a season of time. Whatever it might be, what is it doing? It is quieting the desires of the flesh that will pull you here and pull you there. You might say, well, well does my... Uh, physical appetite control everything else no it's simply a matter of you saying flesh I'm gonna control you you're not controlling me and in the midst of those times you're purposing to give God time to go spend time in prayer to get into the word now you might say well for 21 days do I gotta do that from sunup to sundown no just make room for God I mean, if you eat three times a day, eat two times a day and fast one of the meals. Again, food is an essential part because you are purposing to say, flesh, shut up. Amen? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Why? Because the flesh wants to control. I hope that you'll purpose to fast with us. As you'll purpose to fast you'll begin to notice that there is a spiritual longing to have fellowship with God. And what we're also doing is we purpose to, again, as I've said, crucify the flesh. The reason why we find it hard to pursue God is because we've allowed our flesh to train our spirit. Let me say that again. When it comes to church, how come attendance is always an issue? Because individuals, now again, this isn't pointing fingers, it's just the, the reality. The flesh has controlled the spiritual hunger. Well, I went once already this, this month, that'll get me by. Well, let me ask you this. If church is not a priority, then do you think that God would be a priority in your everyday life? No. And once again, I'm not trying to be critical. I'm just trying to awaken our hearts to say God wants more for us and wants to have fellowship with us if we'll make room for him. Amen? Look at what it says here over in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, starting in verse 26. Y'all doing Okay. It says, therefore, I do not run uncertainly with, without definite aim. So in other words, there's intentionality. I do not box like one beating the air and striking without an adversary. But like a boxer, I buffet, <clears throat> excuse me, I buffet my body, handle it roughly, discipline it by hardship, and subdue it. For fear, that has, for fear that after proclaiming that to others the, the gospel and things pertaining to it, I myself should become unfit, not stand the test, be unapproved and rejected as a counterfeit. 
The Apostle Paul says, I make a distinction of how I control this body. He said, just like a boxer goes into training when he's going up against the adversary, he deals hurriedly with his physical body. He causes it to go into training. He tells his body what to do and how to do it and when to do it because he's up against the challenge of his life. And he says, just like that, I subdue my body my flesh man so what does prayer and fasting do it buffets your body the physical man are you seeing that so listen in 21 days we can become more spiritually fit than we've ever been simply because we're buffeting disciplining our natural man and saying God I'm pursuing you come on say it with me say I'm pursuing God Amen. Now, there will be hunger pains. There will be natural hunger pains that will come. But listen, if you'll push through the natural hunger pains, you'll begin to discover that there are spiritual hunger pains. Where, God, I just can't get enough. God, I want more. God, I need you. God, fill this longing. God won't leave you disappointed. Amen. All right. So as we continue to press in and pursue God in this season of chasing after God, what begins to happen as I uh, position myself to spend time with him? I begin to have the heart of God. I begin to see through God's eyes. And what is the most significant, important thing to God? It's people. It's his family. And he's endeavoring to grow and reach people to add to his family. But he needs us. Amen? How many of you know that the Bible says that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers? So in other words, the enemy is constantly working because if he can get you distracted and me distracting, distracted, then therefore we won't fulfill the plan of God for our lives. And all we'll be doing is chasing after this and chasing after that, expending time here and there, and all the while missing the people that need Jesus right around us. We'll not see with the eyes of God, nor love with the heart of God. Amen? If you recall, uh, well, if you remember concerning Jesus and the disciples, do you recall the, 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 the story where it says that he came to the, the, sea, to the, the seaside there and the, the disciples are fishing? It says that they toiled all night and didn't catch anything. And Jesus says, hey, can I get in your boat? He gets in the boat and he says, hey, let's, let's go out a little bit. And so they go out a little bit and he says, hey, why don't you cast out your nets? And Peter says, well, we've toiled all night long. Nevertheless, at your word. We'll do it. Now, Jesus said, cast out your nets. The Bible says that Peter threw out a single net. So once again, an encounter with Jesus. But Peter's response was initially from the natural man. Hey, listen, we've been doing this all. We've not had any results. Isn't that what we do as people? Well, I've tried it, God. Not seeing any results. Not seeing any change. 
And really what we do is we just sit down. But we see that Peter, even in his disobedience, said, okay, I'll, I'll, at, least, I'll at least extend a little bit of effort here. I'll not only throw out my nets, I'll just throw out a net. And the Bible says that there was such a, a take of fish that it began to sink the boat. See, God's just looking for us to reciprocate or respond to his call to say, listen, I've got something more for you. I've got a net breaking harvest. I've got something that I want you to experience. All you have to do is just follow me. Just follow me. Amen. They got out of the boat and they said, what must we do? He says, listen, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. See, we're so caught up in this natural life. I got to do this and I got to go here. I got to take the kids here and I got to take them there. And Jesus says, will you just follow me? And where you're so busy doing this and doing that and thinking this is so important. He says, listen, if you'll follow me, he says, I'll make you fishers of men. Or in other words, your priorities will not be all the things and the busyness. It will become people. And we run and we run and we run trying to find fulfillment, happiness, finding uh, 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 completeness. And Jesus is simply saying, if you'll follow me, you'll have the desires of your heart met. Because I made you to be fishers of men. And when you're doing exactly what I've called you to do, that's when you'll find satisfaction that you never knew. It might be in the business world. It might be in full-time ministry. It might be here or there. But when your heart is for the heart of God, God begins to turn things. And He begins to fill the desires of your heart. But He wants us to have a heart for Him. Notice what it says this. It says in John chapter 12, verse 32. I asked you the question, what will it take for you to become desperate for Jesus? If we'll just respond, he'll respond. There's revivals that are happening all across the nation, and you hear us talking about those across the world, and it's drawing people. There's a harvest field that is out there. Look at what Jesus said in John chapter 12, verse 32. He says, and if I... Be lifted up. If I be lifted up from the earth, he says, I will draw all men unto me. If we just became a people, that word lift him up means to honor, to esteem, to esteem, to exalt. If Jesus became exalted and honored in our lives... And we came together as people exalting and honoring, lifting up Jesus. The Bible says that he would draw all men. What does that mean? That means that this place would be so magnetic because of the love of God on the inside. Because we lift him up. Yes, there's the part of where we have to become fishers of men. But man, he says, if you'll pursue me, if you'll come running after me, if you hunger after me, he says, I will draw all men unto me. All we have to do is get hungry for Jesus. And he begins to grow the church and the family.
Amen. And I'll say this lastly as we wrap it up. We have been praying for years. The prodigals are returning. This is the season for prodigals to come home. You may know prodigals in the sense they were walking with Jesus and now they're not. Maybe it's friends, family, spouses. This is the hour that they're coming home. Amen. I said this is the hour that the prodigals are returning. Now, he said, lift me up. And I'll draw them. Don't go to God saying, yeah, but God, you know what they did to me. As though we have these conditions. I want to see him come, God, but you know what? Fix this. No, listen. Don't worry about all the natural stuff. Don't worry about the offenses. Don't worry about the problems. Don't worry about the things. Honor God. And he says he'll start to draw the prodigals home. Amen. This is the hour. He's building his church and the family's growing healthy and whole. Amen. Let's stand. We'll just hold off on that song. I don't know why this, this keeps stirring around in my heart. My wife shared this story with me this morning. And so it just seems right to share it with you. I don't know how it will tie in. I just We'll trust that the Lord will weave it in to make sense. And so I trust that it will be a blessing to you. Because God is all about turning impossible situations into possibilities. He's all about reaching people. He's all about coming to your rescue. He won't leave nor forsake us. Amen. My wife was sharing this last night, or with me this morning about last night. She, I had already went to bed, and she said she couldn't go to bed, and so she just began to say, God, okay, I'm just going to spend some time praying or reading or just, she said, I didn't know what it was, but I just knew that God wanted me to spend some time with him. And so she said she was, there in the living room and she said I just felt prompted to turn on the television and kind of just go through some file of videos and she said she came across this video I think she said it was Kenneth Copeland telling the story and she said it was he was telling the story or re, uh, recanting the story or not recanting uh, recalling the story of Dr. Ed Dufresne we knew him he's since went home to be with the Lord and he said that they had some property for their ministry. And the bank came to Dr. Ed Dufresne and was saying, We need you to come up with $500,000. And you need to do it yesterday. He's like, God, I don't have $500,000. Well, he said afterwards, come to know that the bank was trying to get the property from him. And so he said he was at a meeting and I think he was in the hotel room and he came out of the restroom and came into the open area of the, the, the hotel room there and as he walked into the room there 
he said he saw two angels. And he said that the angel says that we are angels for assignment concerning the provision of God. And he says, well, I'd have need of $500,000. He says, so go bring the money in. And then a few days later after that went by, I don't know, maybe it's the next day again. I'm just kind of going off what I remember her saying. But he's, he was in a meeting, and as he was in a meeting, he said the secretary came in and got him and said, hey, you, there's somebody here that wants to talk with you. I think you need to meet with him. So he came out, saw the man standing there. He was in a jogging suit. Didn't look very professional. But he said, hey, he said, I just knew that I had to come and see you. He said, in fact, he said, I know who you are. He said, in fact, for that matter, he said, there's some things that you minister that I just don't even agree with. He said, but I just know what the Lord told me to do, and so I'm bringing this to you. And he handed him a check for $300,000. And so he said, well, Lord, that's great. He says, $300,000, but I'm still short. Well, long story short, somehow it came back around. They were talking to the lawyers. Well, then the lawyers knew this one particular guy. Well, the guy that brought him the money in the first place was a lawyer. And they're saying, well, we're still $200,000 short to get to the bank. And the guy said to him, he says, well, he said, you know what? He said, when God talked to me, he said, I was supposed to give you $500,000. I only gave you $300,000. So here's the other two. So what is God doing? God's looking to minister to the needs of people. What seems difficult for you, impossible to you, is not impossible with God. $500,000 can seem as though it's impossible, but it's not impossible for God. The people that you know that need Jesus, it may seem impossible to you, but it's not impossible for God. All he needs us to do is say, God, what do you need me to do? And he's looking to build his church. Amen. He's looking to build his church. And so in these next 21 days, let's pursue God as though our life depends on it. Because there's great things on the other side. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you that there is a move of God that we're not backing off of. There is a move of God that we're not backing off of. It don't matter what it feels like. It doesn't matter what it looks like. God, if you're moving in this land, then we declare that you're moving here. We position ourselves and continue to jockey ourselves to get before your face, to get within the flow so that the Spirit of God moves in this place. And I thank you, Father, that there is an outpouring that is coming and is upon us and is here. And therefore, God, that which we see now, oh, the way that this year has started is not going to be the way that this year finishes. And so, Father, we give you all the praise and all the glory. And I thank you that there is such a hunger and a fire that stirs on the inside of us that God will look different from one week to the next. Every seven days, we'll come back to church and it will be different. And so, Father, we give you the praise and thanks in Jesus' wonderful name. And we all said, Amen. Amen. Amen.
Well, God bless you. We'll see you. And with that, we come to the end of this episode. We hope that you have found inspiration and encouragement in our discussion today, and we invite you to join us again next week. Let's make 2023 a year of growth and love by sharing the message of our church with others. We encourage you to take the plus one challenge this week and invite someone to join you at our next worship service. You can get more information about our church and say hi to us anytime from our website or social media, all online at gvchurch.tv. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.